Welcome to a podcast where the truth is spoken unapologetically. This is Outspoken. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Outspoken. I'm your host, Pastor Brewster Smith. I hope everybody's having a great day. Uh, we've taken, uh, taken, huh? We've taken a couple of days off here, but we're finally getting back into the swing of things, and uh, hopefully now we're in a good place where we can uh, be back on here uh, five days a week, Monday through Friday. And uh, yesterday. We was able to get this podcast on multiple um, uh, media outlets, such as Google Podcast, Amazon, iHeartRadio, uh, Pandora, SiriusXM, and uh, etc. So we're happy about that. Uh, we're proud of what God is doing with this podcast. You know, I, if those of you that follow me on Twitter, you've probably seen here in the past couple of days. I've gotten into it with. Uh, not people from the left, but people that are on the right, people that are Christians, and uh, people that I love dear. I'm not uh, bad-mouthing anybody by no means, but, you know, I thought on this podcast I would talk about what I do. What is ex- what is it exactly that, um, you know, I? how do I live my life? How do I uh, engage a lot of things? And so, um, you know, a lot of you have been following me for a long time if you uh, have been on Twitter. And I want you all to understand that the stuff that I post on Twitter I know can seem kind of uh, <laughs> edgy, I guess you could say, kind of controversial. Uh, that's the reason the name of this podcast is what it is. It's named Outspoken for a reason. I've been outspoken my whole life. I've never hid from the truth. I've never backed down. Uh, if I think something's wrong, I'm going to call it out, um, and it's just, I've always been like that, and I plan on being like that till the day I die, <clears throat> and, you know, I, I'm i at the point now, folks, where I'm looking around, especially here in my county, I, I'm seeing so much of uh, religion instead of God, and that's what's, that, that's where we're, that's where we have a separation right now. Uh, in the body of believers, which is a sad thing. We actually preached here at Shepherd's Cove Church uh, on Saturday the difference between being a Christian and being um, a religious person. There's a big difference between the two of those. Uh, You can either choose to be religious or you can choose to be a Christian. You can't be both. Uh, I I post it all the time on Twitter. To be a Christian is not a religion. It is having a personal relationship with God. And so, when you see me post a lot of these things, it is without the filter of religion. And a lot of people need to understand that. I don't have a religious filter, because I don't, I don't follow religion. I don't believe in religion. Uh, I, my dream for the United States of America is to see all de- undenominated churches. That's what I want to see. No Baptist, no Catholic, no Methodist, just one body united to Christ. That is what we're supposed to be. You know, I I brought out the facts on Saturday about denominations. We have 45,000 denominations all across the globe. You know, the Bible says that we need to be one body in Christ, and here we are, we got 45,000. That's not what God wants. 
What happens is men gets in there and says, you know what, I don't want to be controversial. I don't want to speak out on this. So we're going to create a whole new religion over here. We're going to create a denomination to where we don't have to do that. We don't have to follow that. And that's where you get uh, coward Christians from. I, I'm just going to I'm, I told everybody on Twitter, this episode is going to be straight fire. I, I'm going to speak the facts today, and I'm not going to have a religious filter in me. We are walking in freedom, folks. We're walking in uh, liberty. Fact of the matter is, we have a wicked world that we're living in right now. Babies are being slaughtered like you've never seen before. Homosexuals is on the rise. You're seeing pride parades in the main streets of uh, in your town. Uh, you're, they're doing it in front of your kids. They're having drag uh, drag queens uh, read to your kids in school. We're having drag shows inside the school. Uh, we've got churches now that has the rainbow flag hanging in the church. We've got them uh, marrying gay couples in the church. We have a corrupt country at this moment. Now, you've got a select few that are standing up and speaking out on this nonsense, and you've got a select, and you got a, a, a majority sitting back and saying, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to get controversial, because you know what, uh, Jesus ain't about that. Jesus ain't about confusion. He's not about uh, 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 arguments and not, you know, and, and we need to be peaceful. You know, we, Jesus is about peace. Well, I'm about to bust your uh, religious bubble today, and uh, we're going to be starting out in Ephesians 5.11. And let me let me just reassure you, for all of you folks that's listening to this podcast, not because I'm a pastor, but because you follow me for politics, this is not going to be a sermon. I'm just letting you know why I do the things I do, and why we need more people. You know, I make mistakes. I, I treat things. You know, I took a treat down the other day. I said that it's hard to be a pastor and work with people with the brain cells of a mosquito. I put it down there just to be funny. And people found it, um, you know, how rude of you. It was a joke. People need to take a joke. But whatever. I took it down. It offended people. I took it down. Uh, you know, people started attacking me on there, on Twitter, about it. And I lost like two or three followers, but I gained like 10 the next day. So, I, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I don't want anybody to unfollow me. You know, I, I want people to follow me so they can learn the Bible. And, and, you know, and me and them share ideas about the Bible and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, if they want to unfollow me because of a joke I made, then that's on them, not me. But if I did offend anybody with that, I truly apologize. But... This is where we are right now, Ephesians 5.11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather, exp- uh, but rather we prove them, which if you look up the definition of we prove, it means expose. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret, but all things that are we proved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou, thou sleepest. And arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. I think you can look around right now. Well, uh, the the resident, I don't call him. Uh, I don't call him the president. He's the resident because he stole the twenty twenty election. I'm sure that'll get me kicked off some platforms, but it's the truth, and we speak facts here. Um, you know, he, he's all the time talking on Twitter about how he's wanting to restore Roe v. Wade and restore the woman's right to choose. 
Listen, it's not the woman's choice to kill an unborn child. I hate to tell you that, liberals, but that's not, that's not, uh, that's not your choice. You know, all of these people that scream in my body, my choice, first of all, it's not your body. There's another body going inside of you. That means that body is not your body. That's a separate body. You're killing somebody. You ought to be charged with murder. The doctor that's doing the abortion, he ought to be charged with murder. And if we was living in a, uh, uh, a country where we actually uh, had values like we used to, that's exactly what would happen. But we're living in a country today Well, hey, you know what? I got pregnant and I don't want my baby, so just go ahead and kill it. That's where we're at, folks. That's where we're at. And it's just, it's so wicked. And it ain't just abortion. We've got people that have babies and they don't want them, so they throw them in a ditch on the side of the road. I heard this story last week about uh, this woman didn't want her baby, so she uh, buried it in the woods. And this, I guess this woman was outside and she heard a baby crying and she walked up to the sound of the cry and uh, sure enough, found a baby uh, under some leaves. And thank goodness uh, that that, uh, well, thank God that that baby is alive and well today. So, you know, we'll, we'll, I talk about it all the time, this demon possession and oppression. I think it's something that needs to be discussed. It's something that the churches need to be talking about again. But once again, here we go. We don't want to get controversial. We don't want to get edgy. We don't want to do all of this. We just want to read two simple verses, Psalm 23 and John 3:16, and that's it. Go home, eat at Shoney's, and go home. That, that, that's what we're doing. We're going to church, eating at Shoney's, going back to church, and going home. And that's it. There's no exposing. There's no nothing. And in the meantime, the Democrat Party, which is being led by Satan himself, I said it on Twitter a couple of days ago, the Democrat Party is a straight-up cult that's being led by Satan himself. And I, you know, people can get mad at me, but this, these are the facts, folks. I'm not saying you have to be a Republican to be a, I'm not saying that because guess what? I'm not a Republican. <laughs> I'm not a Republican. After what they did to the January Sixers, I want nothing to do with the Republican Party. Now, there's some good Republicans out there. You've got Matt Gaetz, you've got Lauren Barbert, um... Uh, I'm trying to think. There's there's not a lot of them, so I'm having to think. I used to like MTG, but uh, her and Kevin McCarthy have gotten so close lately, it makes me sick. I actually I like Ted Cruz. I you know I don't agree with everything, but I I really like Ted Cruz. Uh, so th- I mean, there's a few out there I like, but for the most part, I've been calling for Donald Trump to start his own party because I do not like the Republican Party. So when I tell you you can't be a Christian and be a Democrat, I'm not saying that you have to be a Republican. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you can't vote that way. Let me tell you why. When you go and you push that button for a Democrat, that Democrat is being paid by the DNC. He's making donations to the DNC. Them donations are going to places like Planned Parenthood. It's going to places where they uh, support burning down cities like BLM. It's going to organizations that's, uh, that promote homosexuality and pride parades and everything else. You are literally helping fund this. And let me tell you, if you help fund it, you might as well be doing it. That's how God sees it. God says not to be a partaker with sin. Now, a partaker, that doesn't just mean doing it. That means promoting it, endorsing it. You can't do that and be a Christian, folks. Can't do it. 
We need more people standing up against this stuff. We have a corrupt leader, if you want to call him leader. I, I use that term very loosely with him. But he is trying to destroy the foundation of this country. And in the meantime, instead of standing up against it, we've got Christians that's wanting to sit on the couch and do nothing about it. And then judge me on Twitter whenever I stand up against it. Look, at the end of the day, I was posting the same stuff on Twitter back when I had four followers. Way before I had 4,085. Way before. So the fact that, you know, people's getting mad. Look, I'm not going to apologize for what I treat. I treat the truth. I speak the truth. And I'm never going to back down from it. Now, another thing I hear is that you need to preach the gospel. This calling out stuff ain't, uh, that ain't what Christ does. Really? Really? Well, I know a lot of these denominated churches don't like to get a little controversial. So here on Outspoken, let me, uh, in, uh, let me enlighten you a little bit on uh, who God truly was, on who Jesus truly was and is. Uh, because I know people don't like to talk about it. So Jesus was appointing the 12 disciples here. And he wanted to let the 12 disciples know just who he was. Just what he stood for. Just what he believed in. So in Matthew 10, 34, he says this. Well, how about this? How about we go to verse 33? Let's go to that first. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. How many Christians have you seen that's so afraid of speaking the name Jesus, speaking the name God, praying in public, because they don't want to start no controversy. Well, folks, you know, if you deny God in public, He's going to deny you before the Father. So, good luck to you. Verse 34, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. Wait a minute. That ain't what I heard, that ain't what I heard in church growing up. Let me read that again. Let me make sure I got that right. I don't want to give you all the wrong information. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace but a sword. Huh. Let's read on down see what he says. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-laws, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. I I thought as Christians we weren't supposed to argue. We weren't supposed to, you know, get a little edgy. Well, these these three verses right here kind of put that in the water, didn't it? So how what does this verse mean? He's come to set a man against his father, a mother against her daughter. What does that mean? Because when you have two people and one person stands up for the truth and the other one's a coward that don't want to do it, it's going to bring uh, conflict. It's going to bring some trouble. It's going to bring a little bit of uh, uh, arguing back and forth. So, you know, people that get mad at me for what I treat and all of that, you can go ahead and block me. You can go ahead and unfollow me. I'm still going to speak the truth. I plan on going to uh, Washington, D.C. next month. And um, hopefully get to meet some of y'all there. But I'm going there because I want to see the... I want to see... The, I, I want to see where all of the people are at. I want to see the White House. You know, I want to see all of these uh, monuments. I've always wanted to see what the White House looks like in person and the Capitol and uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln and all of that. I, I want to see all of that. But I'm going there for one reason, because I will play in Washington, D.C. I will play in public. 
I will do that. My last day of vacation when I've got nothing to lose. Nobody can follow me back to the uh, hotel. Nobody can do any of that. And I'm going to play right there in public, right there in front of the, right there in front of the Capitol. It has to be done. People have got to take a stand. We cannot sit on the couch no longer. We can't do it. <coughs> Excuse me. Look, this country was built on, this country was built on God, and all of these people are wanting to do the same thing, and that is take us off of God. If they can do that, this country will crumble. You know, I talked about it in the last episode. I said that, you know, the Bible says this, and it's clear in the book of John. He that built, no, I think it's in Luke, maybe. I, my, my brain's, for, my brain's fried today. I've been up since 3.30 this morning. But uh, the Bible says that a man that builds his house upon the solid rock, that house will not move when the storm comes. But those that build their house upon sand, when that storm comes, it's going to fall, and great will be its fall. You know what you're seeing right now? You're seeing this country collapse from the bottom. You know why? Because God's not there no more. We decided to kick God out. You know, there, there was this, uh, you know, a couple of episodes ago, you heard me, uh, you know, say some stuff about a former pastor I, I had. And uh, that... <laughs> It got some backlash for sure, but there's one. There's, there's a saying that he taught me that I, I just I absolutely love. Jesus Christ is a perfect gentleman. He's not going to force himself into a place where he's not invited. We decided long ago that God was not going to be the cornerstone of this country anymore. We kicked him out of the courthouse. We kicked him out of the public school. And ever since, what? Look up the day that the that uh, prayer was taken out of school. And then look at how many shootings have happened in schools since that year. I've already done it. I'm going to let you do it just so you can be amazed. I'm not going to ruin it for you. I want you to do your own research. It will make your mouth drop to the floor, folks. God is that hedge of protection. And when you decide I don't need him anymore, you're on your own. And you're sending your kids to school in a battle zone. Because we've decided, guess what? We don't want God there no more. You know what we're going to have there instead? We don't need God because we, we need to keep religion out of school. But you know what we're going to introduce? We're going to introduce Satan clubs. We're going to introduce Satan clubs. We're going to introduce pride parades. We're going to do all of this stuff inside the school. But in the meantime, if your kid plays, they're going to be expelled. They're going to have to switch scores. You know, they might even have to be homeschooled because they're going to get kicked out. You know, I've told a story many times. I remember back when I was in high school, I forget the teacher's name, and even if I knew it, I wouldn't speak it on here. But uh, I remember being in a study hall one time, and everybody uh, was done with the work, including me. I'd already uh, finished up what I needed to do. and I used to carry my Bible everywhere in high school. And, uh, you know, everybody was pulling out their books. You know, everybody... Um, you know, had these books that they liked to read. You know, some people had Harry Potter. Some people had uh, this and that. And uh, I had my Bible. So I went ahead and just pulled it out. And I started reading it. And I, I was probably about five minutes into it. And teacher walked up to my desk. She said, you need to put that away. And I said, um, excuse me. 
And she said, you need to put that away. Now, now you got to remember, I think I was a freshman at this time, so I was like 14. Um, you know, I've always been a little bit outspoken, but, you know, not nothing like I am now. But back when I was 14, 15, I was just getting started being outspoken, being uh, controversial, being edgy. But, uh, you know, I didn't want to um, raise a fuss, really. I, I just, I, I was more confused than anything because... You know, all of these people that disagreed with me politically, I would tell them, you know, well, these schools don't want God in it. This was back in, gosh, I graduated in 2014, so we're talking 2012, 2013, something around there. And uh, I used to tell people all the time, you know, the government don't want God in school. And they would say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. That's uh, You're watching too much Fox News. Back then, I, that's all I watched was Fox. Oh, you're watching too much Fox News, blah, blah, blah. So I was sitting there really just amazed that, guess what? What they told, what, what Fox News was telling me was actually right. It's happening to me right now. So I just looked at her and I said, you know, I, I, she said, you need to be doing your homework or whatever. And I, I said, well, ma'am, I, um, I, I've already got it done. I, I, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm reading the Bible here. She said, I don't care. You need to put that away. So out of respect, I put it away. I didn't I didn't cause any ruckus or anything. And as she was walking away, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to watch her because I want to see if she makes everybody else put their books away. Now here's Harry Potter over here, which is full of witchcraft, and you've got all of these other books. Uh, I think back then, I think it was Twilight back then everybody was into, the, the, uh, the book Twilight. I think, I might be wrong, but I think it was that. So all these, which Twilight's just full of, just nothing but sex, just, just to put it mildly. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, well let's, um, let's see what you do with all of these other folks. Not one person did she tell them to put their book away. It was only me. Why? Because I was reading the Bible. See where we go there? All of it, you know... All of these other books that's being promoted by the enemy, it's accepted. God's book, denied. And then we wonder why schools are being shot up. We've got, well, we need to crack down on guns. No, we need to put God back in his place as the number one head of the country. Stop trying to take God out of everything. Like I said a while ago, that... Uh, that gentleman that I'm that I talked about a while ago, Jesus is a perfect gentleman. If you do not want him there, he will not force himself there. And let me tell you something. Unfortunately, the churches are the same way. Every time I go to a church, they always start out in prayer. Well, God, please be with us today. Send your spirit down with us today, Father. But then they get up and they start judging everybody. See, folks, this is where I'm so glad I've started my own church because this stuff just drives me nuts. And I've noticed that these churches don't want help. They don't want help. They don't want to know anything. They, 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 they know it all. That's why they have 10 people every service. But they want to blame it on, you know, these big churches. Well, I'm going to get into that in just a second. I've seen preachers get up behind that pulpit. I'm 25 years old. I've, I've been to multiple churches and I've seen multiple preachers get up behind that pulpit. 
and say, well, we need to remember Brother Johnny over here. Uh, I don't know where he's at today, but uh, I just pray that God convicts his heart and lets him know where he needs to be today. That pastor didn't call Brother Johnny to see if he was sick. He didn't call Brother Johnny to see if uh, somebody in his family had died and he was with his family. He didn't do that because that would require a little bit of work and God forbid we do that. So what does he do? He gets up behind the pulpit and just condemns him in front of the whole congregation. We need to pray that God convicts his heart and lets him know where he's supposed to be today. And you wonder why people ain't coming. Then you get people that come in with facial piercings. They come in with tattoos. They come in with ripped up clothes. Well, we, uh, and then the preacher gets up and he thinks he's slick and that he's going to say something and, and them not know. So he gets up and says, I've seen this before, gets up and says, people need to dress respectfully in the house of God. They don't know that that person that's sitting there with the ripped up clothes and all of that, that they're homeless and that's all they've got. They didn't know that. They just got up and said that anyway. Now, these big non-denominational churches that's popping up all over your neighborhood, the reason why they're so successful is because they're not judging people when they're walking in. They're not asking them where they were last week. They're not doing any of that. They're just loving on them like the good church should. You know, Brother Thomas Stanton, uh, I was his assistant pastor at Top of the World Chapel, and then God called him to another church, and I took over. But I remember when... um, you know, he he uh, pulled me in his office and he said, hey, you know, God's told me, to, told me that I need to give this church to you and that you need to lead it and all of that. And, you know, we was having, you know, we was both crying because I didn't want to see him go and he didn't want to go, but he knew what God was calling him to do. And um, I remember he looked at me and he said, the most important thing I can ever tell you is this right here. The church is a hospital for sinners. Now, one of the things you hear when you go to church is Christians get up and say, this is a place where we come and gather and fellowship with one another. No, that's not what church is for. A church is a place where you all gather together and teach people that don't know God about Him. That's what church is for. It's not a place for you all to come and congregate. If you want to do that, go to each other's houses. Go sit on the back porch during sunset and talk about God. Talk about your day. Talk about the weather. I don't care. But the Bible isn't a meeting place. It is a place where you come and you worship God and you tell people that don't know God about Him. That's what the true purpose of the church is. We need to start calling evil for what it is. Pure evil. We need to get back to a place where we see a church not doing what it's supposed to. It's, uh, you know, it's promoting evil. It's promoting all of this stuff. It's stealing money from the community. Call that church out. Well, I don't want to get controversial. Jesus told you to. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. What's that sword? The Word of God. What's the Word of God? Truth. Speak the truth. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. You have a responsibility. You can rather sit on your couch and let the evil keep growing and growing and growing. It's it's sort of like weed eating. 
I don't know how many of you out there read it. I hope a lot of you do, because if you don't, I'm, <laughs> you've probably got glass all the way up to your windows. But those of you that read it, you know this. If you just ignore weed eating, if you just ignore it, those weeds, they keep growing, they keep growing, they keep growing. And before you know it, you can't even see your house anymore because it's covered up by weeds. But when you crank up that old weed eater, and you weed eat that weed down, guess what? It don't cover your house anymore. It doesn't cover your house anymore. A weed will grow and grow and grow as long as you let it. Same thing with sin. Same thing with abomination. Same thing with all of this. If you just sit back and you keep letting it grow, you keep letting it grow, Satan's going to water that weed. And when he does, it's going to grow, and it's going to grow, and it's going to grow. And sooner or later, you're going to have a whole country that's nothing but wicked. Let me tell you, we're probably about 85% there right now. And the only way to do it is for Christians to get off the couch and call evil for what it is, and that's evil. Stop being afraid. Stop being afraid of what your family is going to say about you. Stop being afraid about what your uh, friends might, you know, they might turn against me. Oh, well. Who do you love more? Your friends or God? It's your choice. Who do you love more? Who do you, who do you fear more? God or your friends? So here's what I encourage you to do this week. When you see evil, call it out. Don't be afraid. Call evil for what it is. Straight up evil. And I assure you, you will start seeing those weeds of sin cut down. God bless all of you, and we will see you tomorrow. Let's